Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light, private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter 7, Continued, Section 4, The Growth of the Little Seed. With only volunteer help, Mother Teresa was ministering to a large number of poor in various parts of Calcutta. Seeing the enormity of the need and wanting to do more, she implored the Blessed Virgin Mary to send her followers to further her work. I keep on telling her I have no children. Just as many years ago, she told Jesus they have no wine. I put all my trust in her heart. She is sure to give me in her own way. Her prayer was soon answered. Some of her former students from St. Mary's were interested in her new mission. She had already made an impact on them as their teacher, and now, in the example she was providing in this new life of gospel service to the neediest, they saw an ideal worth leaving everything to follow. On March 19, 1949, Shubashini Das, the future sister Agnes, came to join her. During the following months, more candidates arrived. By June 1950, the community numbered 12. In June 1949, Mother Teresa confided to Archbishop Perrier, the more the work is spreading, the more clear it becomes it is his will. Soon it will be one year since she had left Loreto. Though there has been plenty of suffering and tears, there has not been one moment of regret. I am happy to do God's will. The authorities in Rome, so far, had not responded to the request she had sent in March for the renewal of her status as an exclaustrated religious. Although she believed that she was where God wanted her to be, her uncertainty about the future was real. The poor sister Mary Teresa does not understand why no answer is given to her petition, and she wonders with anguish whether she has to abandon all this wonderful work and return to her institute. Archbishop Perrier wrote to the Holy See, as the one-year indult was about to expire. Relief and gratitude came when, just a few days after the archbishop's letter had been sent, she received permission from the Holy See to continue for three more years. Mother Teresa's accomplishments in little more than a year were remarkable. When in March 1950, she wrote to Pope Pius XII, asking for the approval of the new congregation as a diocesan institute, she submitted an impressive report on the activities carried out by her community. On my return from Patna, I made an eight-day retreat, and then on December 21, 1948, I started the work. I went visiting and nursing the people in their dark homes and holes. So many neglected poor children surrounded me everywhere. Slowly, with some lay helpers, I gathered the children in two slums. Then, in March, the first Bengali girl joined. Now, we are seven. We work in five different centers. 
We have the dispensaries where the poor get free treatment and medicine from generous Catholic and Hindu doctors who have generously offered their services free. We visit the families from street to street. On Sundays, we take the poor children from the slums to Sunday mass. We started the summer school with 26 children last May. Now we have over 350. The abandoned whom we often find in the streets, we take to the different hospitals. In July, 1950, Mother Teresa wrote to Archbishop Perrier, hinting at the hidden price of her achievements. Your grace, please pray for me that I may do God's holy will in all things at any cost. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is the connection between the first sister joining her on March 19th and Mother Teresa identifying herself with the Immaculate Heart of Mary? Like Mary, who said they have no wine, Mother was saying to God, I have no helpers. Mother Teresa put all of her hope in the heart of Mary, she says, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And long before Mother Teresa had identified herself with Mary, she was trying to do the work of Mary. And what was Mary's situation after she conceived Jesus, when she was about to bring the Lord into the world, when she was about to fulfill her great mission that had been entrusted to her? She found out that Joseph was in a great doubt. What would Joseph do? What would Joseph say? Would he go off and abandon her? Would he leave her? How would she carry out this mission on her own? What would people say? But then we know what Joseph did. He heard from God what he was to do, and he came and helped and took her as his wife and became the guardian and protector and provider and spouse. And so St. Teresa of Calcutta, this Mary-like figure, in her hour of need, she received help, the crucial help, on what day? March 19th, the Feast of St. Joseph. In other words, St. Joseph was telling Mother Teresa and her new order, not only must you be dedicated to the Immaculate Heart, but you also must know that St. Joseph is with you. St. Joseph will be the protector of this order. And so from the very beginning, this new group, these missionaries of charity, had the protection of Mary and Joseph. And so let us tonight, in this Easter octave, as we end this Easter octave, as we carry on the season of Easter, let us entrust ourselves to the prayers of Mary and Joseph. Let us beg Mary and Joseph to pray for us, 
to obtain for us all the help we need, the help we need to carry out God's will. Because that is what matters in the end. Whatever pain, whatever difficulty, whatever unexpected things happen, what matters is that we do the will of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.